Chapter Fifteen of Living with Our Children by Clara D. Pearson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. At bedtime, there are two phases to the problem of the children's bedtime: the first, that of getting them off promptly and pleasantly, and the second, of making this what might be called the cap sheaf of the day, the hour in which the good of the preceding hours is garnered and conserved honesty compels us to confess that for many of us the first largely obscures the second in our thought we are so very human we mothers and we do become so tired and the children become tired and the telephone rings inopportunely and a caller drops in and the children are interested in play and there are pleas for an extension of time for just this once you know how that complication usually ends it sometimes seems as though households as well as political conventions should have a definite order of the day on which to rely in such perplexing situations it would simplify things so it would be so comfortable if it were quite conventional and customary for the mother who was marshalling her flock towards the staircase to greet the caller with the statement you are out of order the motion to retire takes precedence however since there is no person so subject to conflicting calls and interruptions as a mother it is evidently the duty of each to work out some sort of solution for herself and abide by it haphazard methods are no methods at all and great are the penalties which they entail the first step is to decide upon the proper bedtime ascertaining the amount of sleep which each should have and then setting the hour for retiring with due regard to the one at which he should arise in order to be quite ready for breakfast with the family and get off to school comfortably if he attends school remember that a child cannot be rushed from bed to the breakfast table and eat what he should there must be a little time for romping before he is asked to eat once the bedtime is appointed observe it observe it observe it it should be so much a matter of course that any deviation from it will be remembered for weeks and deviations should be permitted only for what are really reasons of importance in the child's life in one household where the children fancied that when the clock struck seven it was saying little boys now go to bed and raced to see which should reach their upstairs room first the only recognized excuses for later hours were christmas eve exercises fourth of july fireworks the necessity of taking an early evening train once annually and the twice a year privilege of sitting up on the end of the summer resort dock until nine o'clock when the full moon was shining across the water toward them and the little waves were sparkling in its silvery reflection do you pity those children you need not they got more out of their eventful five evenings than any of their companions got out of being up until eight or nine each night of the year 
the wonder of those evenings of glorious moonlight is now being told to their children who also retire early they never felt themselves wronged when they had to go to bed while their friends and contemporaries were playing about outside and there were never any pleas for extension of time this went on for a number of years while their mother was secretly quite awed by her own success in carrying out her old-fashioned ideas in a community where nobody else did the same then came a day when the boys waited upon her with a petition for a later bedtime they were most sober and respectful about it and said they felt that they were now old enough to sit up later their mother said that she had been thinking the same thing there was a pause of delighted surprise then there was a question as to how much later they might remain up the diplomatic mother not wishing to make a needlessly great concession asked them what they thought would be right there was a pause in which they exchanged glances then the elder said we think that we are old enough now to sit up ten minutes later there was another pause while the mother gravely considered the matter and then she said very well you may begin to-night to do so but if you are ill or if you have been up late the previous evening for any reason i may think it may be better to go back to seven once in a while moreover once a year from now on we will change the bedtime by ten minutes that arrangement stood unquestioned until the little lads became youths it was a unique and very funny experience and it might never be duplicated in another household yet here is the point of the incident it was made possible only by such rigid adherence to a custom once established that it was an accepted thing a single month of carelessness would have spoiled it all a week might have done so the bedtime hour was never postponed for the convenience of the time being other things must give way for it the end of the day problems are much simpler if romping is not resumed after the last meal that is a good time for producing quiet games before others get under way or it is a good time for reading aloud or storytelling always with such a consciousness of the passing of time that when the upward march must begin there will be no thrilling incident interrupted no hero left dangling over a precipice it is when the restraining clothing is removed and the tired little bodies are made comfortable for the rest of the night that there comes the best chance of the whole twenty-four hours for a calm and dispassionate consideration of the day past and the one to come it is a good time for young and old together to consider whether they are satisfied with the day just ended it does not impair our influence with our children if we confess that we like them blunder and do wrong it makes the bond closer they see us do so they should also have a chance to know 
that we acknowledge our shortcomings deplore them and try to conquer them not in our own strength alone but with that divine aid which we are teaching them to seek at eventide we can get a better perspective in looking back over the active hours perhaps we see how a serious wrong grew out of a bit of carelessness or how thoughtlessness on our part made a heartache for somebody else then it is time to confess our faults and ask forgiveness while at the same time we resolve to guard the morrow from a repetition of such trouble-making then is the time for counting our mercies for reviewing the happiness of the day and the causes for it and for cultivating that most necessary sense of life's true values it is so easy to see in our quiet thoughtful period with our children which of the day's happenings have left us an abiding happiness a feeling of blessedness perhaps one does not have to preach nor assume an attitude of superiority to do this it is easy to think back over our own days while our children are reviewing theirs it is easy to see then that the candy which was eaten with avidity does not make us any happier now for having had it sometimes quite the contrary while the memory of having done faithful work or of helping an unfortunate bestows lasting comfort it is a good time for recalling the beautiful sunset the fine music we have heard any especial privileges which we have enjoyed and deciding to banish as far as possible from our memories any misfortunes which have befallen us it is a good thing for old and young together to chat about the guarding of their thoughts and the real force for character which thought can be all of course in words and illustrations which the youngest can comprehend you remember the reply of longfellow's abbess annie to the bishop when he asked her if no thought of love ever entered the minds of her nuns we cannot hinder the wild birds from passing over our heads but we can keep them from building their nests in our hair she said and so with the events of the day reviewed and their lessons learned all may rest more sweetly and await the coming of the new day which is always a fresh beginning for every day is the world made new end of chapter fifteen